Welcome to What's Eric Eating, Culture Map's bi-weekly look at all things Houston bars and restaurants. I'm your host, Culture Map food editor Eric Sandler. This is the show where we talk about the restaurant news of the week, and then we'll discuss a couple of restaurants that we have visited. With that, let me introduce my co-host this week. She is an expert on food, wine, and good times. Felice Sloan, welcome back to the show. How are you? Hey, 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 hey. I am amazing. How are you doing, Eric? I'm doing good. As you people may have seen on social media, I have celebrated my 10th anniversary as a Culture Map employee. So it's an exciting, somewhat nostalgic time. Uh, and I should you didn't also even give say me a chance to, I was going to say that. You didn't even give me a chance to say you're so excited about your 10 years. I was getting ready to say, I'm so proud of you. Congratulations on your 10 years. You have done the damn thing, like all the stuff. All this Thank stuff. You. Very proud of you. And, you know, cheers to 10 plus more years of doing fabulous food and interviews and all the things that you do for the Houston food community. Well, and, well thank you. And that's the people then, living in Houston, period, right? Yeah, that's the idea. Yeah. And then, and then we should also say this is episode 300, which we obviously got to a little more quickly than expected because we're now doing two shows a week. So. We were we were on track to get to 300 like in the fall, uh, but here it is today. So happy happy 300 podcasts! Yay! I'm happy to be doing number 300 with you. I'm thinking I did another milestone show with you. I don't remember which one it was. Do you remember which one it was? Was I it don't. like 100? It was something like that. Well, we'll always remember 300. 300 10 years. Boom. Exactly right. All right. Let us dive right into the news of the week. Topic number one, West on West, uh, a new shopping center at 1200 220 Westheimer Road, which is kind of near uh, kind of near Derry Ashford, kind of in that in that kind of ballpark, has announced that it has signed six new tenants. Just very briefly, they are The Alley, a Taiwan-based boba tea shop, Kaiten Sushi Ginza Onadera, a conveyor belt sushi restaurant, Lady M, the very celebrated crepe cake uh, bakery. Paris Baguette, a South Korean bakery and cafe known for cakes, pastries, croissants, and breads. Somi Somi, the dessert shop that serves Korean soft serve and a fish-shaped waffle cone. And Shijita Artisan Noodle, a Tokyo-based ramen shop that specializes in ramen uh, dipping noodles. So, uh, And they're joining 99 Ranch and Gen Korean Barbecue. Uh, Felice, you're kind of our ambassador to West Houston. Uh, anything basically west of the Beltway. So, so let me just ask you what do you what do you think about this new this new shopping center that's trying to get a little of that, you know, that a little of that Chinatown energy, a little of that Katy Asia Town energy, uh, obviously on a smaller scale, but but a, a pretty interesting mix of tenants. It works. It works. It works for West Houston. Everything you just said. It's already becoming known for having like all things kind of like Asian flair, eclectic. So you can go old school Chinatown, you can go new school Katie. So it just kind of fits in the middle was giving you like, um, I think what I would like to see kind of like, you know, the Lady M kind of throw some things in the mix for it. Like, well, does that fit for them to continue to develop that out with different, um, it definitely represents Houston, but I would love to see them 
um, continue to stay on that path. And then it fits. So now you're looking, when I go to Houston, West Houston, it is a destination for from the Beltway all the way to Katy of different um, types of Asian cuisine that I can indulge in. So I love it. I love it for West Houston. Yeah, you know, the one that really calls out to me is this Kaiten Sushi Ginza Onodera because it's related to Sushi Ginza Onodera. They have restaurants that it's a it's from uh it's from Japan, but they have restaurants in New York and Los Angeles that each hold Michelin stars. And mm. so it'll be really interesting. Like that's obviously an omakase and a very premium experience. Uh and conveyor belt sushi is not a premium experience, it's a very casual experience. But how they translate this kind of lofty reputation into a more affordable price point, a more accessible uh, format, I, I think that's really going to be interesting. And obviously that's, you know, that's a ways away. Like it's, it may not open until either late 24 or even uh, early 2025. So we've got a ways to go. But that, that was the one that really caught my attention. Yeah, I'm excited. I love all things, you know, when we add new stuff from not local, but it's, it's more of a, a mom and pop, um, more of exclusive. Um, you only can get it kind of here, even though, as you just said, some of them you can't just get it here. It just, I, I like it. It's, it's If you're going to do a chain, <laughs> it's the best way to do a chain. It's very um, selective where we're going to go. You can't go everywhere. So if you get one, you are doing something. So I like that kind of feel with it mixed in with making folks have a reason to go outside the loop, the loop, the loop, because what, there's three loops, you know? <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, and I think, and I think Lady M, it's kind of the same thing, right? Like they're, Correct. they're only in the Galleria right now, but they opened a, a cake bakery, like a centralized cake bakery with the goal to expand. And I think they're basically going to be like Apple stores you know, where they're like yes. in premium kind of shopping districts, high-end mm -hmm. malls, that kind of thing. Because uh, that's really how they see themselves is as a luxury product. And right. so I think it's it speaks well for the aspirations for this development that Lady M was like, we're in, you know, rather than rather than going to Katie Asian Town or rather than going to the Woodlands or or whatever, like this is this is the second location. So I, I think that speaks well to kind of what they're uh, striving for here. Correct. Yeah. 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 I couldn't see the Lady M in like a, a it, it it wouldn't fit. It, right. It kind of diminishes their brand based on where they're branding themselves. So I 100 percent agree. All right. Let's move on to topic number two. City Cellars, the restaurant and wine bar in the museum district, announced that it is closing effective July 31st. It plans to relocate to a larger space that will open in early 2024. This is a restaurant that opened in late 2020. It's got a really eclectic menu. It's got a lively brunch scene. But at some point, the, the owner and the landlord got into some sort of dispute over complying with lease terms. The landlord had tried to evict the restaurant. They went into binding arbitration. And, and this, is the, this is the result. City sellers will move. The landlord gets his space back. He can find a new, a new tenant. And the parties will go their separate ways. And... and not say not not talk about each other anymore. Felice, let me let me just ask you, had you ever made it to City Southerners? I know it's got a it's it 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 kind of drew an audience kind of from uh Museum District Third Ward, 
Midtown. Like it, it had a, it had a pretty, it's got a pretty good following. It does have a good following. I was not one of his followers. Um, <laughs> great following. Um, too many things on the way for me to, you know, there has to be a certain formula. No one had anything, but I've heard amazing things about it. Right. But I never made it there. So, you know, there's that. What about you? You know, I, I stuck in a couple of times. I met, I met the owner, Daniel Wolf, kind of in the run up to opening and I popped over a couple of times. It, you know, it's, it's kind of kicked up Southern comfort food. You know, he was really proud of his shrimp and grits and I'm like, you know, that's pretty ballsy serving shrimp and grits right down the street from Lucille's, which is obviously the best shrimp and grits, but you know, like lively atmosphere, big portions, you know, lots of, uh, you know, mimosas and all that kind of thing. I never like to see anybody in conflict. So I'm, I'm glad to see that this uh, dispute has been resolved. It's not, it's not entirely clear where the new location will be. It might be, uh, it might be in the East side. It might be a little bit North of that. So, you know, that's, that's all a little thing. bit up in the air. That's but, the thing. Where are they going to move and will they have to reestablish themselves? Because we know as I was, People are not, it depends on if, if you're going too far to the left, yeah, you're not going to get the museum district people. So are the new, you know, you're going to have to get a new core base, even though people will follow. Yes. Your core base of, well, you have to reestablish yourself, right? As this new neighborhood spot for wherever you're going. So Location, location, location um, is going to be key for them. And if they get the right location, they can get a whole, it could be a good thing. They just have to be strategic with where they're going. I'm sure they know that. But if they didn't, yeah. <laughs> right. I think I think for them, the key is, you know, like if they, if they go to a mixed use development or something like that, they get some residential close by, they get some, you know, people coming for other things. You know, I think obviously that could be uh, that could be a really nice uh, move for them. So, mm -hmm. you know, wherever they go, obviously, the closer that they can stay to their home base, the more their fans they'll bring with them. Uh, but that is a story that we will be tracking once those negotiations are finalized and once Daniel reveals uh, what his next move is. And then uh, topic number three, I had a little fun on the Internet. I published my 10 favorite potato dishes non-french fry edition and since it's a little bit of a slow news week felice i just thought i'd ask you how you think i did I, you know what when you when you told me you did it I, I laughed and i was like really and then i thought about everyone loves potatoes so i was looking forward to it you did not disappoint i tried to predict which ones would make the list and three of the ones that i knew that you love would make the list. One of my favorites, when I think about potato dishes, um, the tater tot casserole at Truth, that is one of your holy grail dishes. So I knew it would make the list and well-deserved. Um, so I thought you nailed it. I thought you did a fabulous <laughs> job. I love it. Well, I love you know, fun articles like that too, right? You like know, more of that, Eric, more of that. We love well, it. Well, thank you. Thank you. You know, I... It all started because, you know, we went to Andiron for my birthday mm -hmm. and we were eating that Palmana, which is the, the thin sliced so discs of potato just kind of roasted and then 
uh, seasoned with salt and butter and chives. And we're going, oh, this is so good. This is the best potato in Houston. And then so it's like, well, what are the like, what else is on that list? And so it started a conversation. And, you know, I mean, we see obviously every website does lists of this, you know, this kind of restaurant and that kind of restaurant. And, you know, obviously it's summer. So people are doing ice cream and frozen desserts. And and it's like, you know, let them let them zig. I'm going to zag. We're going to do potatoes and it's going to and even within the list, you know, I think since it's my list, I get to, you know, like we did Riel, but not the caviar tots because everybody's doing caviar tots. I did the, the truffle, uh, bear blanc pierogi, right. The, cause, cause mm-hmm. nobody, cause nobody else does, does those kind of pierogies. And for Kenny and Ziggy's, you know, I think people think of their latkes and, and you should, they're very delicious, but give me the knish, right. The puff pastry wrapped around, uh, basically seasoned mashed potatoes. I mean, for me, like that is, that is the true Jewish deli staple, right? Latkes, Latke is something that people can make at home, basically a pretty simple potato pancake. Nobody makes their own knishes. That is a, that is a professional restaurant dish. Uh, so, you know, I, it's fun for me. Uh, I hope other people enjoyed it, but on some level, even if they didn't, sometimes I get to do what I want and I wanted to write about potatoes. Yeah, you did it your way. We love it. That's a good list. Did you, good was there one that occurred to you? Is there one favorite that I didn't include that you would like to mention? No, the, the t- you mentioned it. That's why I'm like the tater tots. Oh, okay. Like, done and done. If someone put me and they're like, okay, you know how you do those things, um, this or that, and you have to do a fast, fast round, the the a quick fire. I would say tater tot casserole. So like, <laughs> right, if we're doing, if we're doing, if we're doing family think. feud, <laughs> and I would say the top five potatoes are on the board. You're you're throwing out tater tot casserole. I'm throwing out tater tot casserole. Yes. So for me, I was like, yes, this is. And number two, number three, I was like, yeah, these are ones that would have to be on the list. So All right. I thought well, it was fun. All right. Well, Felice, I'm going to say that does it for the news of the week. We'll be right back with our restaurants of the week. Stick around. Police, I, I sped through the news of the week because I really wanted to talk about the restaurants because we've, we've got one really kind of game-changing restaurant that I want to dive into in a, in a major way, and that is Ratto Market. This is mm-hmm. Chris Williams' new restaurant and kind of a, not really a full-service grocery store, but you can you can grab and it's got some, it's got some grab-and-go type items, and it's located at the, the El Dorado Ballroom, which is in the Third Ward. It's been renovated and and reopened and is now available and this is this is a pretty ambitious project we know we know chris from lucille's uh we know he's getting ready to open late august in the ion development uh probably in in august uh so let me let me just throw it to you i mean what do you what did you think about ratto market you know Rado, it's I should say. To just think about ratto market as you said as just one thing because it is in the el dorado ballroom and it's just the I guess if what you say anchor I wouldn't call it the anchor because there's so many right like Eldo Brado ballroom is the anchor but when I thought about it I'm like this is this whole project is like a, um, a love letter to third ward and Chris Williams that's literally what I thought about listening 
listening to him talk about it because he talked about it. And I know you'll go into that more. So starting out with that marketplace and the menu that's very, it's very simple, but very well thought out. I thoroughly enjoyed everything that we had, right? Every dish, I thought it was, okay, how, like the grilled cheese and gumbo casserole, grilled cheese plus gumbo. Now, we all love grilled cheese. A lot of people love gumbo. We know I love gumbo. And to take, not just make it a grilled cheese, but that grilled cheese, it's like ooey gooey grilled cheese. It's like a poblano pimento cheese. So then you get the runny cheese and the cheddar. And, um, you know, so that's the grilled cheese. But to think about how can we take it to the next level? And they've taken that and did a play on the grilled cheese instead of a tom um, tomato soup, we're getting gumbo. And I'm not a, me, you talked about this. I'm not a dipper, but I dipped it and I'm like, I get it. it it's so smart. The gumbo um, and the grilled cheese, I wouldn't think that they would work together. It works together because they both are comfort food and they're both well thought out. So that's the, that's my take on and every other dish that we had. I'm, I'll, I, what was your favorite? I'm harping on my favorite. That's my favorite. I had a couple more, but I don't want to steal yours because you may have had the same one. What was your favorite and what did you think about it? Well, my favorite was that oxtail burger that they're doing with mm -hmm. the tomato jam. I just thought, you know, they they call it a smash burger. It's not really a smash burger. It's too it's too thick, too juicy to really be a smash burger. But 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 that's what I like about it, right? Like I kind of like it's more like a backyard style burger, kind of a sink your teeth into it burger with that really nice bun and the 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 fries like he like Chris's source, like really great frozen fries that they cook up in season that pair really nicely with it. So I, I, I really enjoyed that. And then I really enjoyed the Southern dip kind of their, like their, you know, their riff on a, on a French dip that's sort of pressed and it, it has its own kind of au jus style dipping sauce that I thought went together really nicely. So, you know, I thought between those two, you know, if you're a beef lover, like you've got really great choices. And then we did the, the Kendleton salad, which is a nod to mm -hmm. their, farm out in Kendleton, Texas. And it had, you know, this like really light kind of lemony uh, olive oil, kind of simple dressing uh, with kale and collards. It's not just kind of, it's not just like regular lettuce. Like it, it, it feels a little more Southern, a little more tied to the community's tastes. So I, I was really very impressed by everything we had. And, and I liked it that Chris, like Chris, Chris, you know, toured us around and was talking about the inspiration for the restaurant. And he said, yeah, I love local foods. I think local foods is really smart. And I called Benji Levitt, the owner of local foods. And I said, Hey, I'm going to do my version of local foods at the Eldorado ballroom. And that's Rado market. Yeah. And so yeah. you have like the casual, you know, counter service sandwich salad, you know, they do breakfast in the mornings. We didn't, we, you know, we were there for lunch. We didn't get the breakfast stuff, but also there's, you know, cookbooks from uh, black authors. There's, yeah, uh, products and from, from the from the, the um, bookstore. It's a bookstore that's right. Yeah, kindred, kindred spirits. Yeah, mm -hmm. kindred spirit. Right, and then the books from Chris, though. That's yeah, that's some of Chris's personal collection. He's like, my wife won't let me keep these at the house. So now they're 
Now they're for sale for $18 each. And some of those cookbooks, like, you know, you can really bargain hunt if you're like a, if you're like really into cookbooks. I mean, some of those cookbooks that he's selling for 18 bucks, he probably paid 50, $60 for. So uh, there are bargains to be had. Easy, easy. And then you've got prepared items from various black producers, right? Uh, Michelle Wallace is doing her, her sauces and salts. Lucille's 1913 is, is their uh, nonprofit arm that operates the farm. So they have all these vegetables. You can get them, you know, as, as fresh vegetables from the farm, or you can get pickled items or salsas or some of the other stuff that they're making. There's a whole wine shop with wine that's chilled and ready to go. Uh, and also some, some items on the shelf. There's beer. You're right across the street from Emancipation Park. So he's got picnic baskets and blankets and all that stuff. So you can you can kind of make a you can make an afternoon out of it. Probably not in this weather, but but soon when it cools off. So there's a lot going on, and yeah. it's, it's really it's obviously it's very thoughtful. Um, it's very it's, thoughtful. It's very it's very thoughtful. well curated, and it's a really exciting addition to the neighborhood. There's really nothing like it that I'm aware of. I, I mean, even in in Midtown or even in the East End, there's really nothing quite like it. No, I, I think it's great. I think it's like you said, it's. You want to go and, you know, kind of if you're local and, um, you know, he's giving a lot of people from, like you said, that grew up or from that neighborhood are featured in that shop. Um, He expands it to, you know, that that space like, you know, you can do they do things upstairs at the El Dorado Ballroom. Um, I went to an event there. You can, you know, have weddings and stuff there. It's just such a beautiful space um, that I just, I I know the neighborhood is very excited and proud of it. And it's a a place where everyone can, it's approachable for folks in the neighborhood and outside the neighborhood. So I loved it. I love everything that they're doing over there with that concept. Yeah, no, I I completely agree. I'm very impressed and and so glad we got to try it. Uh, And then the anchor of the, Eldorado Ballroom is the Eldorado Ballroom, this historic performance venue on the second floor that they've renovated. And then below it is is the the gallery, the art gallery. I think they, they call it the Hodo Brown Art Gallery. It has black art, like very famous black artists, like one of the works on the wall is on sale for $60,000, uh, but also like up and coming students who are affiliated with TSU and, and places like that. So, you know, I think, I think that's that, but like, the the reason that people will be coming to that building day in and day out is is Rado Market, and it's it's yes. so accessible and it's it's well executed, and it's it's an impressive it's an impressive contribution to the neighborhood. I agree. I agree. I think, like I said, job well done. I was very proud of um, when I saw it, and I was like, oh, this is it, this is it. So, good job with all things. <laughs> All things Rado Market and Cafe. Yeah. Absolutely. All right. And then just briefly, I want to talk to you about Rock House Southern Kitchen. This is the restaurant and live music venue on Richmond, just outside the loop from the owners of the Warwick. You know, Felice, I don't I don't know that we're gonna to have too terribly much to say about Rock House, but I, I will say I was I liked it a lot more than I expected to. Yeah, the I mean it's a it's a fun space. The food, um, you know, they're not reinventing the wheel and nor do they have to, right? It's Southern comfort food done 
executed nicely. The catfish was not, we were like, whoa, this is <laughs> perfect, right? It was just, it was very tasty. It was, it was fried catfish. It was real catfish for so it's like, what's it? It was real catfish. It was um, fried very nicely, not too greasy at the right amount of crunch and flakiness. Right. And not uh, not muddy tasting, right? Sometimes catfish can be really muddy. Right, yeah. No, very clean. Um, and then I think another one was that I enjoyed were the, you know, I'm not a wings person. So I was like, Eric, are these wings good to you? Because I think they're quite tasty. And you were like, no. no. <laughs> I was like, you know, I'm not a wings person. So I can't be raving about the wings. People may not trust it, but, or maybe they trust it more because I'm not a wings person. Either way, I love the wings. I thought they had a nice little um, zestiness to them and um, a nice little bite. Yeah. And, and the same thing for the, you know, their version of a, of a Southern egg roll is cream collards and oxtail. And, and, yeah. you know, I, I like a Southwest egg roll. I like a Chinese egg roll. I like egg rolls in all forms. These were very tasty, you know. Yeah, the soul Yeah, yeah, they were they were super fun, and we got a steak, and the steak was nicely cooked, and and it's 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 this really fun atmosphere. They've got all these like black and white photographs of legendary musicians across all genres: rock and roll, R and B, jazz, hip hop. You know, a, a lively soundtrack. I thought the cocktails were pretty good. I think the room looks nice. I know I know they do live music uh, on the weekends and stuff. We obviously. We went during the week. We didn't. We didn't experience that. That part of it, you know, our server was was knowledgeable and super friendly. Now, obviously, we were there at their invitation, so you know, we were going to get the best possible service. But you know, this is like like I think this is a legit option for people that are looking for. Yeah, you know, if you're going to be down like in that part of Houston and you're you're looking for a place to start the night, you know, I think it's I think it's good, and I'm I'm glad we went. Yeah, I I agree. Yeah, like you can go earlier, like we went, and it's more of a or doing or earlier and during the week, right? Like it's more of a happy hour, chill kind of vibe. Right before that, we went be right before that time, and we start we saw it start to fill in as we left, and then the more party people that were there to party party, they made their way outside because the outside there's a kind of inside area and the outside area. The outside area was definitely more party vibe and you know you can do that all in the same space because the space is huge and not feel like um if you just want to kind of chill. I think someone was celebrating a birthday dinner next to us and they had, you know, their they they weren't competing with what was going on outside. Like if there was the live music and stuff outside. We it was the indoors and the outdoors. So I thought that was great. Um, beautiful patio. So yeah, it's a it was a vibe. It was a vibe. We had a good time. Yeah, absolutely. Felice, I'm gonna say that does it for our restaurant of the week. Thank you very much. Thank you, Eric. All right, and that does it for today's show. Thanks so much for listening. Join me on Thursday when my guest will be Travis McShane of Ostia.